We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. minutes a day 365 days a year this is the pack a day podcast welcome into the wednesday edition of the pack a day podcast i'm steve perez joined as always by dusty evely sarah kelleher guys it's day 1,742,822 of aaron Rodgers' stupid ass saga and uh, we're still talking about it we are still talking about it. They're tweeting about it. Um, so I'm over it. But how are you guys doing? Sarah, you've been off for a week. You had a vacation. How are you doing? I'm great. My vacation was awesome. I went to the beach, swam in the pool like every day. Um, and it was great. We had great weather. We were a little worried because the storm was kind of over by us, but it ended up kind of missing where we were at. And um, I was telling you guys before this before we started recording that literally we woke up the next day and it was perfectly sunny we went right to the beach so we were very lucky and very fortunate that the weather worked in our favor and it was great no work emergencies came up so a true week off really needed that i'd been really busy with work and yeah i was excited i really i woke up today i'm like yes it's tuesday we're back be back on the podcast so you know despite not really a lot of packers news besides this stupid saga that we are (laughs) stuck in um i'm doing pretty good yes i am also doing well i did not have a vacation so i don't have any of that fun stuff to talk about but yeah doing good man you know I, i was looking at some stuff the other day i'll talk about that a little later but you know football season we're not far away. I think we're two weeks away from training camp. The first uh, preseason game, I think, is four or five weeks out from now. Uh, we're we're creeping up on it, man. So, I mean, we're we're in the doldrums, but they, but they're not going to last too much longer. So, uh, yeah, I'm I'm doing good. I got the you know, I got a horror movie on one screen. I got you guys on another, and then I've got the All Star game on another. So I'm 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 living the dream, buddy. That's impressive. That's uh, that's multitasking mm-hmm. to a T. So I'm I'm thoroughly impressed. And we're gonna we're gonna jump in. We're gonna have a, a fun little creative content that we came up with uh that we'll, we'll jump into but there's some stuff that kind of is going around nfl news today but uh, dusty we're going to start with you because you're you're super jacked up about this where there there has been some some research being done for a long time now where we actually have was it just sack totals or was there other stuff compiled was it all the stats were compiled? Uh, i was uh sack totals sack totals were not okay. kept until 82 
uh, which it's timely that this is coming up because Steve, you and I had our Mount Rushmore discussion mm-hmm. at Packers last last week, and I kind of talked about one of the guys that just barely missed my cut was Willie Davis, and I talked about how he played his entire career in the non-sack era, and so like it was you know estimated what he probably had, and blah 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 blah. Well, then I think just uh, just yesterday this came out. It's uh, Sports Reference put this out. Apparently, these two guys—it's uh, John Turney and Nick Webster—had been working on decades, just scouring all pieces of information. They're looking at um, uh, coaches' film. They're looking at play-by-play stuff, so like broadcast film. They're looking at uh, coaches' notes for the games if they could get it. They're looking at still photographs, and they're doing all of this trying to compile sack numbers back before '82, so they could get a clear picture. Of what some of these guys, I mean, some of these, you know, 70s, 60s and 70s defenses that had a lot a lot of sack totals, you don't have those because it's not kept till 82. So they just yesterday released all these on Sports Reference. You can look at that. It's on like the Pro Football Reference has those numbers now and everything. So, the, I mean, the big news for Packers fans is Clay Matthews no longer the sack holder in Green Bay. That's now the all-time sack leader in Green Bay is the one and only Willie Davis, who had 93 and a half, and that's up from Clay Matthews had 83 and a half. So 10, uh, 10 more than that. And actually some numbers may be added to that because I think Willie Davis started his career in 60, and they're saying basically for like 60, in 1960, they've got about 60% of the sacks currently calculated. I think 61, they've got about 90%, and then they're pretty sure past that. So we still see a few from Willie Davis there. So we just talked to Willie Davis last week. Uh, I you know just love that guy. Now we actually have some numbers to put through that. So all-time... Uh, Packer sack record holder. I mean, it's not not in the official NFL books, but based on this study that they did, he leads by ten, which I, which I think is amazing. I mean, it's one of those, and beyond beyond him as well. I mean, you get some other really cool stats out of that as well because you do have all of these guys that you know you've read about or heard about and what monsters they were. We now have numbers to put put to that. Now, some of the some of my favorites were Deacon Don't Deacon Jones. Deacon Jones was a monster with the Rams. And he was one of those, you know, played his entire career in the pre sack era. He played from sixty one to seventy four. He had uh he's ended up number three. He's number three all time on the sack list now. Which which is incredible. Like I I love that he kind of gets that due and, and you read some of his <laughs> read some about him as well. Like People were terrified of Deacon Jones. So it's always one of those, he was a monster, you know, nothing to look at. Well, now you have, he's he's number three all time. One of the other ones that has a bit of a Packers bent to it, Al Baker. Al Baker in 1978, 1978 with the Lions, 23 sacks. The all-time sack record before this was Strahan with 22 and a half, which we all know he got the last sack when Favre just kind of slid meekly at his feet and Strahan touched him down with his soft, soft hands. So we single season sack record, Al Baker, it's not Strahan anymore. So, like, it's it's and the other, I think the last one is from that same Rams era. Jack Youngblood, sixth with 151 and a half sacks. That's another guy from that era. That Rams defense was insane, and you now have those two guys from that era are recognized in there. Um, so, one of the things I want to say about Deacon Jones, Deacon Jones has with this compiled three of the top nine single season sack titles. Now, the crazy thing about this, and I talked about this a little last week, like they didn't pass nearly as much back in that era as they do now. Deacon Jones had 22 sacks in 64, 22 sacks in 68, and 21 and a half in 67. He had three seasons in that era of 20-plus sacks in an, in, in an era where they're not passing very much, which is just really, really impressive. So my last thing I'll say about it, if I mean, I think I've recommended this before. 
There's a tremendous book called uh, The New Thinking Man's Guide to Pro Football by Paul Zimmerman, who is a longtime Sports Illustrated writer. You may know him as Dr. Z. He has a ton of stories from these guys. So if you're seeing some of these stories pop up about some of these sack leaders and you want to hear some more like behind-the-scenes stories and get to know some of these guys, I can't recommend that a book highly enough. He, he's got some of, just some of the Deacon Jones and Jack Youngblood stories in there alone are, are worth the price of admission. So if you're interested in that, pick up that book please but it, it's i just think it's it's great you get this kind of get an eye into uh, football history that we've not had before guys i don't know if you're aware but we are in peak off season and some of the stuff floating around the twitter universe is just it's mind-boggling so i'm just going to do a little bit of rapid fire here we're not even going to touch the fact that adam Schefter and chris collinsworth <laughs> went, took a deep dive on a podcast about the worst case scenario for what could happen if aaron Rodgers doesn't come back to green bay like didn't we do that already on draft day? Didn't wasn't that the whole draft day thing that Adam Trevor did? That's that, that was the whole thing. But uh, another thing, we have lists. Lists are all over the internet now too. About um, everybody's got a list of you know PFF's got ESPN has their top cornerbacks of the league, and PFF had G, had uh, Jair as number one, and ESPN didn't have him in the top five. So everybody's upset about that. And then Jalen Ramsey came out with his top three hardest to cover wide receivers and Devonte adams was not in that so i do want to get your reaction because Devonte adams got a little annoyed because everybody was tagging him in that uh in that and uh i'm i'm just gonna go to sarah on this because i need a little bit of youth translation because it's a little <laughs> lost on me but uh he said man quit tagging me in that bs LOL, they all know what the deal is nobody harder to stick with than one seven and that's a Fendi. What the hell does that mean? That's a Fendi? Does Sarah not even know? I'm pretty sure it means like that's a fact. Okay. Like I'll confirm. Stand by. I was just saying like I just he's I I read the whole thing. I'm like oh that's awesome. That's awesome. I'm like at the end I'm like I I don't know what the hell that means. I'm assuming that means that's what it means but. Yeah. Fendi means something that's very true or it's facts. So, Dusty, how do you feel about uh, Devontae going on social media to to uh, declare that he's the he's the best? Fine, fine. I, 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 I don't care. I don't care. Yeah. It's fine. <laughs> okay, I just figured. And then um, we also have Bleacher Report Gridiron with a check mark, talking about some trades that should uh, shake things up in the NFL if they were to go down and. I just have to talk about it because it's so dumb. Just so dumb. All these trades are just dumb and they annoy me. So it is the first one. Green Bay Packers get Drew Locke, KJ Hamler, and two firsts for Aaron Rodgers. Oh, really? That's what the selling price is now for Aaron Rodgers? The backup quarterback to Jordan Love. A, what, probably like the third or fourth wide receiver on the Packers at this point? That'd be I mean, fourth, he, fourth. He, he just feels more like a gadget guy. So yeah, fourth. When they sounds, just right? got their gadget guy, yeah. And then two first. So I when we I posted this, Dusty. What did you immediately say? Um, <laughs> so, yeah, you're, you're making jokes, and honestly, like my reaction was, dude, like these are honestly like fantasy football trades of maybe this guy will bite on it. Like I want your best player and here's some reserves of mine. See if you, you know, depth would be better than that because the next one is green Bay gets Henry Ruggs and a first rounder and the Las Vegas Raiders get Devonte Adams. Like really? People uh, are bored. 
very bored. So ready for football to be back. And then the final one that involved, so three of the five that they proposed all involved the Packers. And Green Bay gets OBJ. Cleveland gets a second round pick. So you're giving up a second round pick for a guy come, that has an injury history and coming off an ACL tear. What? How? He's probably thirty right now. Uh, I would think. Yeah. Yeah. I'll look him up right around there. I mean, yeah, he's he's got it. He's late twenties, early thirties. I would. Thing. I mean, that's what I want is a 30-year-old wide receiver that has coming off an ACL tear. That's what I want in my he'll be, first second round pick. Uh, he'll turn 29 uh, during the season. So, yeah, not quite right 30, but, but certainly in that age where uh, you don't, like a, like a wide receiver, it starts to kind of take a downturn there, especially off an ACL, I think. So then the Packers would be sitting with Jordan Love, Henry Ruggs, OBJ, KJ Hamler. They would have their own first-round pick. <laughs> they would have four first round picks after all of this. It's, it's stupid, it's, stupid, stupid stuff. But I mean, listen, gonna, if you look at it like that, if you're looking to punt this year, if you're not going to resign Devonte and you're going to that's not this punting year anyway, this year. This is that's punting on the whole. Like you're doing a full reboot, which is fine because now you have four first round picks. <laughs> like if you're if you're going to reboot, that's the way that, you do it quickly. That's a full on reboot, full on reboot, but. Yeah, I mean, besides that, it's just it's it's peak, just peak off season of stupid stuff going around. Like apparently, uh, Barr from the Minnesota Vikings thinks that they're the Super Bowl contender this year from the NFC. Uh, there's another comment going around about how even if Aaron Rodgers comes back, the Minnesota Vikings are the favorite to win the NFC North. So it's just like, guys, I'm tired. I'm not gonna lie, I'm tired of all this crap. I want real football back, and I'm just. Either way, with Aaron Rodgers, I am ready for it all to begin, and that's going to kind of lead us into our fun idea that we're going to do. So everybody who is listening to the Pack-A-Day podcast, I am welcoming you into the trial of Aaron Rodgers versus the Green Bay Packers. Sarah Kelleher will be representing Aaron Rodgers. Dusty Evely will be representing the Green Bay Packers, and we are going to hash this out. We are going to figure out who is to blame for this whole saga in the off season, we'll start with some opening statements. We'll get some evidence, and uh, after that, I will, as the judge, decide who is at fault and uh, and and what needs to happen for this all to be resolved. So, Sarah Keller, we are going to start with you with your opening statement as a representative of Aaron Rodgers. Thank you, Your Honor. Um, <clears throat> what is people? <laughs> that was oh man that was so good that was so good okay i think sometimes people forget what really makes an organization history is important the legacy of so many people that have come before aaron Rodgers, but the people That's the most important thing. Ladies and gentlemen of the court, people make an organization. People make a business. And you'll see today in this court of law, sometimes that gets forgotten. What you'll learn today is that my client, Aaron Charles Rogers, deserves everything he is asking for from the Packers. He's been painted as a monster by passionate Green Bay Packers fans and the national media. But based on the evidence that I will present in court today, 
you will see my client is worthy of everything he says he is. And I will prove beyond a reasonable doubt that his needs should be met and why. The choice is yours. And I hope you do the great game of football justice by delivering a verdict in favor of my client. Thank you. Thank you, Ms. Kelleher. Dusty, Evely, please proceed. Ladies and gentlemen of the jury, dishonorable Judge Perhatch, I'm here today to speak to you about the Green Bay Packers. You will notice, who I did not notice, did not mention that statement, and that is one Aaron Rodgers, because, well, the other counselor, Counselor Kelleher, is correct that the organization is about the people. As the Green Bay Packers organization knows, as we all know, the organization is filled with people, not person, but people. I I will argue today and convince you that bending to the will of one highly paid employee is not really how you want to run an organization that you want to be about the people. Thank you. Thank you very much. Um, I will, I will advise you, please uh, keep this cordial. Hmm? Uh, please keep this cordial. I do not Objection. want yeah. <laughs> overruled. Yeah. You're not the judge. <laughs> please try to keep this. Cordial. Actually, don't keep it cordial. It'll be way funnier if it's not cordial. So please uh, have at each other at, during your, your evidence. But uh, Sarah Kelleher, we will start with you as presenting your evidence as to why Aaron Rodgers is not at fault in this saga. I think, you know, it's very obvious. So Aaron Rodgers is, when you think of the Green Bay Packers, you think of Aaron Rodgers and what he's done the last decade plus there and what he's been able to bring to this organization. Last two seasons, this team has been one win away from the Super Bowl. And a big reason why they were able to be in that position is because of the leadership of Aaron Rodgers. So let's recap just last season, a season after the Packers drafted essentially his replacement, MVP of the league, career high, 48 touchdown passes, 70.7% completion rate, which both were the best in the NFL. He also had a league best 121.5 pass rating and pass for a total of 4,299 yards. And all after people thought he was washed, he was too old. So, of course, after that, Rodgers proves the Packers wrong. He's going to want more. He doesn't want to be pushed out the door. He has totally demonstrated that he can perform at a high level. And because of that... He wants that same trust from the Packers. He wants the Packers to believe in him, to get behind him as a leader now and into the future. So it's it's true. They they drafted his replacement, you know, for the 2020 season, and Rodgers did uh, what what any of us would do in his situation. He got he got good and drunk off of you know likely some very high-end tequila from the sounds of things which is not something that i would be able to do but you know he got drunk he was upset uh and and i believe you know his actual statement was something to the effect of listen if they if they got to replace me that's fine i'll show them that they can't uh basically if they want to replace me that's on them 
I will. I'll just outplay the other guy. And to, to your point, he did. He MVP season. All of those stats are 100% correct. He did a tremendous job. Hard to argue with an MVP season. What it is easy to argue about is he will be turning 38 this coming season. And while he did just turn in an MVP season, his previous two seasons, full seasons, were not MVP level. He was closer to uh, what we saw out of his stats uh, out of Ben Roethlisberger this past year or Philip Rivers. Guys who, you know, Rivers just retired. Roethlisberger is at the end of the line here. They made a call based on what they thought was prudent for the future of the franchise going forward. And Rodgers in his own admission said, that's perfectly fine. I will just be better than that guy. And he was. And now suddenly a year later, we're to a point where Rodgers is saying, well, Rodgers is not saying anything. And that's the problem. Rogers is not saying anything. If it's his, Objection. If, Objection. If it's... <laughs> My client is not speaking because we are in the middle of a legal battle right now, and he's been advised by my team mm. to not oh. speak publicly about this matter. So, Overruled. <laughs> overruled. You don't get to overrule people <laughs> as a lawyer. I watched a, a law movie before this to get ready, and they said overruled. Um, are you so sure it's... you watched it? Because uh, you're no, not I'd... supposed to I mean, be was... doing I was doing other stuff. I was it was muted. Doing... I was just, it was in the background. Yeah, it was a couple scenes from a movie that, I don't know, there's stabbings and stuff in it. So, uh, But if if he still feels like he can outplay this guy, and if that's the main issue here, then just go out there and do it. Just, you say say something to the media, don't say anything to the media, it doesn't matter. Come out here and play, and just play well, and that's it. From the Packers' perspective, they have to act as if, oh, I... I they have to act as if he's not coming back because he's not been talking to the media. We don't know what's going on behind the scenes there, but he's not taking any reps. They are acting right now as they should by giving Jordan Love the majority of the reps, seeing what they have in him, and that's it. You have to move forward. You have to assume that this MVP season is likely the outlier given what the the previous few seasons look like. So you look at what the future of the franchise looks like, you move forward towards that, and you don't bank every single thing on a man who just—I don't know. Listen, I'm not—I I'm not, I'm not, don't hate the guy, but just you know, feels like you know, growing his hair out and singing Taylor Swift and going on vacation and not talking about football or coming to any football practices, which is fine. But the organization has to do what's best for the organization, and I think what they're doing is the is the best way forward for them. Thank you both for your opening statements, your your evidence that you provided, and. You've given me a lot to think about, so I'm going to take a, a brief minute to to compose my thoughts, and I will be back shortly. This was a very difficult decision for me to come to, but... Uh, You know, you both presented some very good arguments, but when it came down to it, it came down to one thing for me to to favor inside of the Green Bay Packers. And the the biggest point of contention that I have with your case, Ms. Kelleher, is you can't provide me. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. 
Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. With any hard evidence of what Aaron Rodgers wants. You go back and forth about he wants their belief behind him. He wants... And, and these things just aren't proven because your client hasn't spoken. He hasn't expressed what he wants. He's been given that opportunity time and time and time again. And he continues to almost spit in the face of Packers fans by not giving answers and giving non-answers. So in good faith, I cannot side with him on this. And at times it does pain me because Mr. Evely is the one representing the Green Bay Packers mm -hmm. and having to allow him to be the victor in this case does hurt me personally. I can't let those emotions affect that. So in this case, we are going to decide in the favor of the Green Bay Packers versus Aaron Rodgers. So uh, the the what's going to happen now is that Aaron Rodgers needs to report to camp immediately and he needs to play for the Green Bay Packers. So. I'm very glad that we have been able to solve this case for everyone. So Aaron Rodgers, as long as you're listening, that is the uh, what's going to happen. And if you feel uh, personally offended by that, then you can take that up with at Sarah Kelleher four <laughs> as your uh, representative pro bono. I will give you so you know <clears throat> kick something her way maybe. But hey, um, I mean off the record, now that the case is over, I totally agree with the ruling. <laughs> so it's all good. I mean, I had to take the side and represent my client, but. <laughs> Uh, all right. Well, that was fun. I appreciate you guys entertaining my thought on that one. I hope like someone can, because it totally makes sense what you said, Steve. And the argument that I gave is the argument that we've been hearing in favor of Aaron Rodgers. And it totally makes sense. Like when you listen to it, if someone asks like, well, what do you mean? Just have them listen to that and listen to how easy it is to be like, well, tell me what you want. Yeah. That's yeah. that. That's what I, I've been this is this is what it broke down to because I was telling my wife about this before we did this and she's like, Oh, that's a really fun idea. Like that'll be cool. 
And but right before that, I was like, because you know, this whole saga with Aaron Rodgers is still going on, and she's not a sports fan, she doesn't follow, and she's not on Twitter, she doesn't do any of that. She's like, that's still going on. Oh, well, she's like, it's been months, and I'm like, yep. And she's like, well, has he said anything? I'm like, no, he hasn't. He every time he asks him, he's just, well, uh, you know, I'm I'm focused, I'm not paying attention to that, or well, it'll all work itself out, or it's all about the people, like all these just non-answers to give an answer. Like, if if you really had something you wanted to talk about, he'd talk about it, but it's getting a little old. It's getting a little old, so. But, yeah, I, I appreciate you guys entertaining my, my idea, and hopefully everybody listening enjoyed that. So let's jump into some fan questions. we got some good stuff to uh, jump into, and let's start it off. First one, double 21, pack, pack 52. Well, who is your favorite coach and why? Uh, can be position coordinator, head coach, and what is your best comfort food? Dusty, uh, what about you? What's your who's your favorite coach? I mean, I assume we're going with with current Packers coach. We kind of talked about this ahead of time. I mean, it's man, it's really hard not to pick Hackett. I mean, I love I love Lafleur. Lafleur is kind of the the easy answer because I do really you know love him because the play calling. I I love his demeanor and all that stuff. Uh, just from all the behind scenes stuff you hear, and he's you know son of Paul Hackett, old West Coast guy, and all of that. So he's got kind of stories and connections there as well. Just everyone loves Hackett. You had the I love gold thing, um, but you also have his ties to if I'm. If I'm not mistaken, like as far as like one of the uh, one of the first guys to really incorporate RPOs at the college level, I think in that Syracuse offense as well, and so kind of you know he's got some of that history to him as well. Uh, it just it, it, again, everyone seems to love him, kind of a character. So it's it's on this current Packers squad, it's really hard not to say Hackett, uh, just because he seems like he seems like a delight, really smart guy, and everyone seems to like him. Um, and best comfort food. I don't know, man. I, I guess just comfort activity and food together. I love just, there's just a bowl of popcorn in a movie, man. Like it doesn't matter what time of the day it is or anything. If I can sit down for a movie and just have a, a bowl of popcorn, there's just, there's something very comforting in that to me. Yeah. I mean, I totally agree with Dusty about Hackett. Like I've talked about that before on this podcast and just how, cool I think he is and how much he brings to the locker room and the team so I don't think I need to elaborate anymore on that um Dusty was pretty much spot on and then my comfort food is the classic chicken ramen noodles I (laughs) absolutely love those I will eat them if I'm not feeling well if I just feel like eating ramen noodles and really any any day any time of the week so that would be mine have you upgraded have you tried cooking them besides just straight up ramen noodles like with what you said? Yeah. Yeah, I've tried that. It's good. Huh. Definitely good. Uh, I'd, I'd say Matt LaFleur is my favorite head coach. Like he's just he, he's just he's the right amount of fiery, fun, uh, very handsome, good looking man. So <laughs> and, he, and he runs a very effective offense, which is really, really fun. Uh, so love him. Comfort food. I would say I have two things came to mind. Steak and mashed potatoes. If you're talking dinner, like that's just like that's just my jam like i can eat that all like we went out to dinner uh first date night in like six months or something like that and i had a bone-in ribeye and amazing like scallop mashed potato the type of like holy god it was awesome that was good and then the like comfort comfort i think of chicken and waffles like deep fried chicken tenders and waffles and syrup like just fill you up and be a be a fatty for a minute like that's really (laughs) good stuff our good buddy Eric Rose, he wants to know because he had questions for Sarah. So here we go. After two plus years, a thousand plus episodes, and about a hundred of them from us, 
What's your individual best of from the podcast? What's your personal SB moment? And for Sarah, what are your top five cheesecakes at the Cheesecake Factory? There are 34 of them to pick from. Yeah, so <laughs> Sarah does have that list. And we actually <laughs> ran through some of some of our best ofs that Sarah had written down. So she's going to take some of the some of the cleaner ones, I guess, and uh, do some of them. And if we need an explanation, we'll go through it. But Sarah, take it away. Yeah, so I'll start with the cheesecake just because that'll be quick and I'll move on. Um, and then we'll jump into some of our SV moments. So number one is s'mores, 100%. That's usually the one I get. Then Oreos, um, the Reese's one. The classic one is good, and then they have like a chocolatey, I don't even know what they call it, I don't remember, but it's really good. It's kind of like classic chocolate with like, her. oh, it's her, it's Hershey's, it's a Hershey's one. So, those would be my top. Um, they're all good, you can't go wrong, so I'd highly recommend any of them. The s'mores one I love because it has like two graham crackers on the side and then giant marshmallow on the top, so it's just glorious. Um, and then our SV moments. So I think we've talked about this before, but I did a really good job for a while. And then I slacked off um, for a little bit at every episode, writing down just one outrageous thing that came out of one of our mouths um, throughout. <laughs> and I've started to pick it up again recently, but we have some really good ones. So um, one of them is from July of 2018. Um, wow. Steve, Dusty said, I'm sorry you don't have a heart, Steve, about um, when Daniels was cut. And that was a huge thing where we all started screaming at each other. <laughs> um, another one the week after when we were talking about fullbacks, Steve said, this is the part where we make Dusty look smart. Took a, like a 10 second pause and then said, and I hate it. <laughs> there's a theme. There's a theme that happens. It's just anger between me and dusty for the most part but it's yep. good I, yeah keep going dusty also said to steve i can remove 50 percent of what you say <laughs> and there is no beep 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 consequences <laughs> um, nailed it got him <laughs> then dusty said he is one of the slimiest monsters in the cave and I like him because he sort of looks like you to Steve. So I literally have no idea what we were talking about, but there's that. Um, a week later, Dusty also said, Steve is just like a caveman. When he's angry, he just smashes. Um, so it probably had something that. to do with the inside linebackers, I'm assuming. Yeah, <laughs> exactly definitely. I hate him and I'm over him. Steve also about Dusty. <laughs> Seems accurate said, for the amount of comments yeah, that I don't even know, Dusty has about me. I don't even know when that was. Like it could have been literally any time. That's a that's an evergreen statement for me, buddy. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, Steve. We were talking about Blockbuster, and I was talking about Blockbuster, and Steve said, Sarah, you can't be included in Blockbuster conversation since you rented a DVD <laughs> from there. Um, I also said you guys are the best to try to be nice to you guys. Dusty responded, I or no, Steve responded. I know I am. Thank you. <laughs> so that's a really good one. Let's see. Did um, you, do you have the one where Dusty said men are talking to you? 
Uh, it would be on the notepad so, where there's tears, Sarah. Yeah, <laughs> I don't have that one written down. We also have the second banana. So if you've been listening to this oh, podcast yeah. for a while, you'll remember that, how Dusty tried to convince us that that was a real thing that people say. And we got into, that was like one of the first arguments where we realized, oh, the three of us are absolutely insane when we disagree <laughs> on something. Um, and we did a Twitter poll and Steve and I won. So that was pretty cool. I had to buy Steve as a Darius Smith jersey, if I'm not mistaken. Mm-hmm. Uh, you did. Oh, this is a good one to end on from Dusty. I'm on the verge of something terrible. That's why I'm laughing at your jokes, Steve. <laughs> so a lot of good stuff there. Lots of good memories. Another one that comes was, to mind. Wasn't there a that was, that's what she said or is that one too inappropriate? <laughs> that one might be too inappropriate. Let's see. <laughs> Another one that does come to mind is when we all started when Steve went through the phase where he thought the Packers should sign Antonio Brown and Dusty Ooh, and I no, were just completely yeah. against that. That was also a really good argument that we got into. That's really where me and Sarah really became friends was when we, it team, was. When we, we sided really... against Steve. We came together. And to be fair, I opponent. fully admitted I was wrong, mm-hmm. which yeah, does did. not happen often. I'm trying to find the... That's all right. Oh, we, we need to make a book out of it. this. I found okay. it, but I'm going to save it. Sorry, <laughs> all right well yeah there's been there's definitely been some highlights and and maybe we can do a couple of tweets with some of these things as opposed to through the podcast of it or, or it'd be pretty funny but yeah it's been a lot of fun through over roughly 100 episodes between the three of us but yeah a lot of those are just dusty being a a d-bag to me so uh buckle up for another 100 episodes of that i'd say can't wait <laughs> Cole Pope, uh, what is Sarah's first game memory of being a Packers fan, and how old does that make Dusty and Steve feel? So I'll tweet out this photo. I already have it saved in the draft, so I don't forget. Um, And I sent this to Dusty and Steve when we were talking about this. My first really, I would say, very clear memory. I have, you know, when I was very young, memories of, like, the games on on TV and watching them with my dad you know, kind of watching. I was a very young child. Um, but we determined, thanks to Dusty's help with when looking up when this game was, um, that when I was eight, I went to my first Packers game. It was, I was when they played the Dolphins. So it was in Miami. My parents drove my brother and I down. And there's this awesome picture of my dad and I where I have like typical Hot Wheels sunglasses on that, you know, you wear when you're a kid. I'm stripped in sweat, head to toe, but I have my oversized Green Bay Packers um, shirt on. And I just remember we were at like the third row from the top. Their stadiums like at the time was just all cement. So it was so hot. And Brett Favre looked like this tiny little ant from how far we were, but we were just excited to be there. And it was really awesome. So that was like my first memory that's very vivid. I remember walking up and we had to go up and I remember getting like nachos and having a really good time at the game and being excited. Um, so that was my first really vivid Packers memory. Dusty, you and I looked this up and it does definitely makes us feel old, but uh, that that was the same, the one and only year that Dante Culpepper mm-hmm was in Miami. So yes, it definitely made me feel old. It made me feel old, but I honestly thought like one of our first memories was going to be like, yeah, I remember it was like Aaron Rodgers 30 years a starter or something like that. <laughs> so I'm glad it was still far like that, that, that didn't feel quite as old as I thought it was going to going in. 
Peter wants to know who's more likely to make the 53, Josh Jackson or EQ? So, Dusty, I'm going to start with you. EQ is my preferred, and I think he's the better of the two, but I think just based on depth, if we're looking at that stuff, we've talked about this before, like the wide receiver room's overstuffed, and I do think there's a role for EQ, but there's certainly a, 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 I mean, a scenario could be a, a pretty easy scenario where EQ doesn't make the cut. Jackson, I mean, Jackson could obviously not make the cut. He's not played much since he's been drafted, but that that side of the ball, that that room's a little thinner. The cornerback room's a little thinner. So I think if you're if you're making that cut, if you're down to that, I think the wide receiver group's in better position than the cornerback room. And I think Jackson makes it just due to the depth of that position. Um, though I I think EQ would be the better player and certainly the one I would prefer to stay around. I agree again. Dusty and I are just on the same page, I guess, today, besides our courtroom argument where we had to be on the opposite side of things, even though I secretly agreed with him the whole time. Um, but yeah, I think I think with EQ, like there's been th- there's been moments where you're like, okay, I can see where this could work. He's also had some struggles with injuries. And with Josh Jackson, I feel like we're getting to the point now where it's like how much longer – can we wait for his development? And I know he had some injuries here and there too, but I think, you know, maybe we give EQ another year before we're a little tougher to see if he makes the roster or not. But with Josh Jackson, I think this might be the year that it doesn't happen. Matthew Meshnick, since there's no football topic of interest, LOL, uh, what is your favorite summertime leisure activity? Also, what is your favorite summertime libation, adult or otherwise? Sarah, we'll start with you. My favorite summertime activity would probably just be like laying out by the pool, something like that. I I like going to the beach. I just hate getting sandy. So the pool is always like a nice option because you don't have to deal with that. Um, and then drink i mean it's like one of the only alcoholic beverages i drink and it's also like perfect for the summertime would be sangria that's i love i i had recently one of like the best kinds of strawberry lemonade sangria and it was so good it was very refreshing um so i would definitely recommend that that would be a good like pool drink you know put it in your yeti cup and sit out there and soak up the sun sip on strawberry lemonade sangria so that that would be a solid day for me yeah i, I mean you know one of my favorite activities may be drinking libations that might be one of my favorite <laughs> summertime leisure activities uh i you know as as a 40 year old man mowing the lawn ranks high up there big fan because i got a ride mower now so it's nice i get to drink while it all just revolves around drinking all of my stuff revolves <laughs> around drinking um yeah I, I'm, I'm pretty basic on that front as well i mean you know i'll, I'll drink something good occasionally something a little fancier but for the most part it's just just give me a give me a cold beer man give me uh give me something like a hoe garden or give me like a hazy ipa or something like that and sit me outside out in the shade for a couple hours and i'm just just very very happy so i think that'd be me i can always get down with like church festivals i think they're always so much fun during the summertime you know some they'll have like kid rides they'll have you know, a beer garden, they'll have all sorts, you know, the, the roasted corn on the ear. <laughs> they have all the, you know, just some food that's not good for you, but uh, a horrible band that's playing and all that stuff. It's always just, it's a fun time. The kids are, you know, dancing on the dance floor. It's, it's just, it's peak summer in Wisconsin, which is always really fun. And then a good summer drink. I always, I can get down with a mojito. 
those are those are really good in the summertime. You can only have a couple of them because then the mint starts to get a bit too much. But <laughs> a couple of the like a good mojito on a on a hot day is always a fun one. And then we'll end it with Sean Franken. Who would win in a home run derby between Gilbert Brown and B.J. Raji? Sarah, who do you think? I feel like B.J. Raji, just because, one, a lot of power there. And then, two, and I know, Steve, you kind of talked about this before before we started recording. Like, he's got the swagger, and he can still be a little swift there. And, you know, he took one back for a touchdown. So he can definitely – I don't know. I just feel like he has – when I think of the, like, home run derby, obviously you have to be a great hitter and all of that. But there's always also – a. Per- it feels like there's a personality side to it where you kind of have to be able to be, have that confidence where you're just like, yeah, I'm the best person here. So what? Here we go. Let me just do this. And I feel like that's totally Raji. So that's – I'm just going to go with him. I put my money on him. Yeah, I'm, I'm going Gilbert Brown for a couple of reasons. I mean, he's the grave digger. I mean, that's a killer nickname right there. So you've got the grave digger. But, I mean, he was, you know, he's slimmed down, you know, now. But his playing days, he was, you know, 350, 360 and was covering running backs in the flat. Like, he was a big dude, run stuffer, move the pocket, good pass rusher, and could also could also go out. And, I mean, he didn't have the, the, the pick six, the memorable pick six like Raji did. But, like, he could... He could play. He could hang back, and he could he could stick with some athletic guys when when asked of him. Uh, so I mean, he was ev- extremely athletic for a guy that size. And I think like you just think of how tall he is and the leverage he'd be able to get on that. I, I think I think if Gilbert Brown wanted to, uh, he could just just smash the ever loving hell out of baseballs for as long as they threw him to him. So I mean, I, Raji I think would be good. I, I think I think Gilbert Brown would be on a different level. Right, when I thought we were agreeing on everything, we just had to mess it all up. Gosh. I think I'm going to go Gilbert Brown. I, I was I was thinking B.J. Raji for a little bit, but one of the things, I, I haven't seen a picture of B.J. Raji in years, so I have yeah. no clue what he looks like. I have no idea if he's in shape, out of shape, like no idea. So, I mean, we've seen Gilbert Brown, and I like, again, if he – gets into the ball like he's got I think he's just got more oomph than than BJ Raji like again I think it'd be close but I think I'd take I'd take Gilbert Brown in that one but it's impressive that Raji just stepped away man yeah he said he was going to kind of reevaluate maybe he'd come back to football maybe he didn't and you're right no pictures like I've not seen any articles or anything in interviews he just kind of disappeared good for him like really good for him to just be able to just disappear like that like like Kaiser Soze (laughs) was he ever into the wind no, no, just a just a clipboard in the back of all sorts of random ass things. So, <laughs> all right, that'll wrap it up, guys. Thank you uh, as always for listening. You guys can follow us at Twitter at uh, Dusty Evely at Sarah Kelher for at Steve Perhatch and at Packaday Podcast. So, as we always do, we'll wrap it up with some closing thoughts. Sarah, what do you got for us? Go Bucks, go Whoa. Bucks. So, you know, I love I like basketball. I watch it a lot, but I'm not like. As, as into it as I am with football, but I've really actually been getting into, you know, this and it's been exciting. I'm excited for the fans. You know, I'm, I'm definitely a casual. I'm not afraid to admit that, but I'm very excited for the very dedicated Bucks fans that I see uh, in the Packers verse. So really excited. It, it's been awesome. And 
just hoping for the best. Love all the chugging at the home games from the Bakhtiari family, I guess, because his dad got in on the fun the other day. So it's super awesome. And, you know, it would be really cool to see a Wisconsin sports team pull through. So hopefully if they do, that's just the start of a new trend. Hopefully we can become the new Tampa Bay because (laughs) they're winning everything right now. Yeah, and from me, I mean, yeah, that that would be awesome. That would be awesome, sir. I'm I'm with you. I'm I'm a Pistons fan, uh, but I don't really follow a whole lot of basketball. But definitely cheering for the Bucks. So hoping hoping they pull it out. That'd be awesome. Um, say for me, the uh, I've actually so I've been writing throughout the season, through this off season, a, a series where I've been looking at uh, Packers plays from historical and kind of scheme perspective when I can. And then I realized, like I said earlier, that the season really snuck up on me. I was kind of looking at I like to kind of plan out my articles, and I was looking at my spreadsheet because I'm super cool the other day. And I was looking at, okay, well, I've got, you know, this week, this week, this week, what articles am I doing? It's like five weeks, and then it's like, oh, no, then i got to write about a preseason game. So there's really not a whole lot of time left. And so I kind of – this week I'm starting a new series that I'm really excited about. I'm hoping to do it every week up until then. And I'm taking uh, concepts that the Packers ran, passing concepts the Packers ran in 2020, and patching, packaging them together, and kind of talking about the different different ways they ran them. Whether that's you know out of different personnel or different groupings, or how they were successful, how they weren't successful, what made it work, you know, what what different variations they do off of that. I do some of that week to week during the year, but you get that broken down week to week. So you see week two, and then oh well, they did the same thing in week six. So you get that. But I want to piece this together a little bit more. So today is my first piece on that over on Cheesehead TV. And it's going to be on the uh, all-go halfback scene, which is my favorite concept they're currently running. It's something they do a lot, and it's something they're very good at. And so I think it's, it's uh, for me, a really interesting look to kind of package these all together. Because when you see them week to week, sometimes you, you forget some things here and there. But being able to package them all together, look at those, I, I, I hope. People like it. I had a blast writing it. I thought it was really, really interesting. And so I'm hoping every week, uh, you know, until preseason hits, we're looking at I've already got the concepts I'm going to be looking at. So now it's just a matter of doing the work to put all that stuff together. So uh, I, I hope everyone likes it, but that'll be up on Cheesehead TV today, um, looking at that that all-go halfback seam, uh, which is just, just a lot of fun. So I don't know. Hope you like it, I guess. I've got two thoughts. Uh, both are in the negative mindset, but, you know, lean into the Packers Twitter when you can. But number one, Stephen A. Smith can just shut the hell up about everything <laughs> and anything that he's talking about recently. So don't need to hear from him for a long time. And then number two, I'm going to call the Packers cowards and tell them to release the damn alternate jerseys so we can all criticize <laughs> the hell out of them. Like, it's time. It is time to release the alternate jerseys. So. That's it. Uh, I'm still having a lot of fun doing this stuff with you guys. Looking forward to getting back into some real football stuff when it happens. But in the meantime, we appreciate you um, letting us try to entertain you with some some interesting concepts that we come up with every single week. So thanks for listening as always. Uh, We'll talk to you next week. And as always, Go Pack Go!